Blue Gold, nine sustainable development goals, nine episodes to discover inspirational stories about water. Episode nine, building sustainable cities. Resiliency is, is uh, of course, a key word here because we need to be resilient for the future. We need to look at not just how can, how can we stop doing the kind of damage that we have done so far? How can we actually start doing more good? We see our wastewater as crude oil. There are many valuable ingredients in our wastewater. We are hunting these possibilities every day. The vision is to make this place as an international financial center. So uh, in order to be successful, we must be able to be relevant and because of this, we have embedded sustainable and security elements into our master plan. In 1950, only 30% of the world's population lived in urban areas. Today, that share is more than 55%. And by 2050, according to the United Nations, nearly 7 in 10 of Earth's inhabitants are projected to be living in urban areas. In short, for most of humanity, the future is urban. Goal number 11 is make cities and human settlements inclusive, safe, resilient and sustainable. That includes providing access to affordable and sustainable housing, transportation and basic services, but also demands we reduce the environmental footprint of cities as well as mitigate the existing and future impact of climate change. It's a tall order, but it reflects how intertwined our future is with that of our cities. In this episode, we will see how from Kolding, Denmark, to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, architects, engineers, investors, and both national and city governments are building cities to withstand climate change, but also to rethink existing paradigms of consumption and waste. First, let's travel to Kolding, a bustling harbour town in southeast Denmark, to meet Per Holm, the CEO of Blue Kolding, and Tu Knudsen, Head of Communications. Both are passionate advocates for building a sustainable, circular economy and to make Kolding more resilient in the face of increased rainfall and rising sea levels. My name is Per Holm and I am the CEO at Blue Kolding. Blue Kolding is a utility company in the municipality of Kolding in Denmark. And uh, we provide services to around 100,000 people. But in 2010, uh, we were separated from the municipality and uh, got our own company called Kolding Wastewater at that time. Five years later, we changed name to Blue Kolding. And uh, that was kind of a signal for us to our customers about what we actually are doing. What we did actually was we started looking at what we were already doing, which had previously focused on doing less harm, which was the initial philosophy of the company and of wastewater treatment in general. And then we started looking at everything we were doing and seeing, can we do this better? Can we use the surplus heat in the water to actually heat something? Can we use the nutrients in the water to make energy? Blue Kolding became pioneers of a new circular vision where one man's waste 
is another man's valuable resource. We are talking minerals, nutrients and other raw materials uh, that are becoming scarce resources. There's also excess heat which can be utilized even better than we are already doing, both in the wastewater itself and in the processes that we are carrying out cleaning it. Using only excess heat from the wastewater, Blue Colding currently heats two buildings with 150 apartments. They also plan to use pyrolysis with sewage sludge to produce yet more energy and phosphorus for agriculture as a byproduct and have experimented with using turbines to produce electricity from the flow of water through the network of pipes. Of course, we are still a wastewater company. We are just so much more. We call ourselves an environmental climate and energy company now. And we do that because we still clean the wastewater, we take care of the, uh, of the environment, but we also use all the processes to, um, to produce a lot of energy. We produce, produce electricity, we produce heat for buildings in calling. Um, and a climate company, because one of uh, other core purposes is to actually protect the municipality and, and primarily the city of calling against the climate change and raising water levels, uh, increasing rain and stuff like that. Over time, Kolding has seen more rainfall, heavier rainfall, and over the long term will deal with rising sea levels. One thing that Veolia Water Technologies has been helping Blue Kolding with is controlling all the water coming down from above. The whole sewer system, which for a large portion has to handle both wastewater and rainwater was was uh, was laid down uh, some 50 70 in some instances 80 years ago and that means that we need to be able to overview and control our system and the way the water flows there uh, even more meticulously in the in the future and that's that's definitely one of the things that uh, that Veolio water technologies uh, are very very useful for and according to Per Home, the need to build resiliency and invest in a circular economy is clear to both residents and city officials in Kolding, but not at any price. Actually, we um, didn't rise our prices for the past uh, five years. And that is in spite of uh, our innovation thoughts and our innovative projects. So it is possible both to work in a circular transformation and still holding your prices at a low cost. So I think we showed that at Blue Calling. We are a, a, a monopoly company. I mean, we have the privilege of being okay with people stealing our ideas. In fact, we want them to steal our ideas because, you know, great ideas on a small scale are fine, but it's only when they go big scale that they actually become useful. Another city in Denmark, Esbjerg, has taken inspiration from how Blue Kolding heats apartments with the heat from wastewater. To upscale that, the way of, of doing that, they're, they're just using seawater, but for the same purpose, and they're going to heat uh, 10,000 households in the same way. So that's going from our 150 households in Kolding to 10,000 households in Esbjerg, and who knows what's next. What's next indeed? 
From the relatively cold European north, let's instead travel east, near the equator, to the capital of Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur. As it's often referred to, KL is home to the Petronas Towers and in the city and its surrounding area to over 8 million inhabitants. We have, as Du Knudsen might put it, scaled up. In 2012, the government launched a massive project, the Tun Razak Exchange in the heart of Kuala Lumpur. I'm Dato Azma Talib and I'm the CEO of Tiarek City Sindran Prahat. Tiarek City is a wholly owned uh, government company that has been mandated to develop Tun Razak Exchange, or Tiarek in short, as an international financial centre in Kuala Lumpur. TRX is centered around a skyscraper called the Exchange 106 and will include an urban park atop a mall, residential and other retail spaces, as well as other office buildings. But over its 70 acres, the development aims to radically reduce its carbon emissions and landfill waste. And thanks to Veolia Water Technologies, recycled water will be used for air conditioning, irrigation and in toilets, with the goal of reducing water consumption by half. This level of green development is unusual for Kuala Lumpur and some stakeholders need it convincing. Of course, uh, the government have also tried to do wastewater treatment elsewhere, but they are not able to sell back or to, to put the recycled water to good use because the ecosystem doesn't allow that. The legal system doesn't allow that. So what we have done is we have challenged the legal system and the ecosystem and the practices and uh, now are able actually to convince the authorities, the players and, and, and even the users that this is doable in, uh, in an environment like TRX. According to Dato Smart Alib, the authorities in Kuala Lumpur have since requested that some other developments consult with TRX to see if parts of the project can be replicated elsewhere. So we have to understand that you know, things will progress and eventually you know, uh, people see the benefits of certain things. You know? People want to subscribe. It's easy to see the scope of climate change and the problems we face and lose hope. But more than hope, we need action, new ideas, a willingness to take chances, but especially new energy. And resistance to change isn't always from where you might expect. Both Blue Holding and TRX have faced limits on what they do because of outdated rules and regulations. I mean, we could be producing a lot more heat, for instance, heating for a lot more households than we are doing right now. But because in a legislative sense, we are, we are not a heating company, then there are some, uh, there are some uh, obstacles within the, I'll say, obsolete legislation that actually prevent us from doing that. So we need politicians and we need legislation to actually, you know, uh, speed up and, and, uh, and follow our way of thinking. And not only our way of thinking, but a lot of, of other companies like us as well. There is no lack of a desire to change. Sometimes, all it takes is an example, someone to show the way. The, the, we find that the things we do and the way we, the way we think, the way we work, is actually motivational to both our employees and to our customers as well. So, so 
people want to join in. People want to help. There is great irony in how we had to leave the earth to truly see it. In 1968, Apollo 8 left low Earth orbit for the first time, orbiting the moon instead. As they orbited the moon, crew member Bill Anders took a picture of the Earth from afar. And he said, the only color that we could see and contrasted by this really unfriendly, stark lunar horizon made me think, you know, we really live on a beautiful little planet. We must learn to preserve the only place in the known universe so exquisitely fit for us to live. Throughout these nine episodes, we have seen the importance a resource like water has in every aspect of our lives. Individuals like you and me, but also businesses and governments, both local and national, all depend on having affordable, reliable, and sustainable access to water. And we have seen that for change to occur, for solutions to be found, we urgently need participation at every level, including from companies like Veolia Water Technologies. The SDGs explicitly seek out the innovating and investment power of the private sector, as well as public-private cooperation. could basically stop innovation now. There are so many great ideas and initiatives out there already that it's plenty to save the world by a long way. What we need is to have those ideas and initiatives uh, blown up to a larger scale so they can actually make the difference that they have the potential to do. As a global community, we already have the opportunity to turn this around, but we need the buy-in. And the irony is that the, I mean, the money's out there. There is plenty of money to be invested in solutions like this. We just need the money to flow the right way. The clock is ticking. Less than 10 years is left to meet the targets we have set ourselves. A decade for action, as the Secretary-General of the United Nations, Antonio Guterres, calls it. So, let's act today. We are all resources. <laughs>